Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now, our story continues. Nine o'clock was lights out in the state prison for women at Three Falls. In room number 12, Kit Calvert lay on her back, her arms folded under her head. She was thinking about tomorrow, about her Uncle David Bowman's appointment with the warden. The only thing that bothered her optimistic trend of thought was Mickey Gray's laughter, which persistently kept running through Kit's mind. Mickey Gray, a new arrival at the prison who had been moved into Kit's room. Mickey, who hadn't talked much about herself, but who had had plenty to say about Kit and her chances for getting out of prison. Well, Kit heard the young woman call her name, but she didn't answer. Undeterred, Mickey kept right on talking. I know you're not asleep, lovey. I know what you're thinking about, too. It's what nearly everyone thinks about in this place. The world outside. I don't think about it much. I don't think it's smart. I keep my mind busy on how I'm going to work things here on the inside. What I'm going to do to make everything nice and cozy. But you... You're thinking about what it's going to be like to be out of here, aren't you? You see yourself walking out of the door and that chap, um, what's his name, Randy Lane, waiting for you. Good-looking fellow, unless that snapshot flatters him. <laughs> but from his letters, he doesn't sound like much of a lover. Say, what sort of line did you hand that boy anyway? All that stuff he writes about remaking your life and how he believes in you. Shut up. You'd do much better, Kit, to talk to me than to dream about something that isn't going to happen. Shut up. All right, lovey. Have it your way. <laughs> pleasant dreams. And Kit's dreams were pleasant. So pleasant that when she awakened in the morning, she felt that they were a prophecy of things to come. She was to see her Uncle David at four in the afternoon. And even though she became increasingly nervous as the hours went by... Kit didn't lose her optimism. Well, now at last it's four o'clock, and Kit was sitting opposite her uncle in the visitor's room. Uncle David, you're the most blessed sight in the world. <laughs> well, that's flattering, Kit. But I know someone whom you'd much rather see. Randy, for instance. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Not right at this moment. He sent you his love. Did he? Is he all right? Oh, yes, Randy's fine. And his real estate business shows signs of picking up. Made a nice sale the other day. Oh, I'm glad of that. Randy said to tell you that he tried to get another special permit to see you, but he was refused. Well, I don't know as that that matters. Perhaps he won't have to wait so very much longer before I see him. Isn't that right, Uncle David? Well, Kit, I had a long talk with Colonel Pearson. Yes, I know that, darling. Is my case going to come up before the board next time? Will I be granted a parole? So far as a parole goes, that's something no one could promise in advance, Kit. Oh, yes, it is. You know perfectly well, Uncle David, that if the warden recommended a person's parole strongly enough, it'd be granted. Isn't that so? Might be. I don't know. Well, after all, he knows you, and he has Dr. Larrabee's report on me, and I've certainly done everything I've been told to do since they put me in this place. Kit... Your case won't come up before the parole board this time. Oh. 
I'm so sorry, darling. What went wrong? Well, for one thing, of course, you really aren't scheduled to come up for parole at this particular time. Oh, I know that, but it was not very much ahead of schedule. They do sometimes make exceptions. Yes, I know. As a matter of fact, Colonel Pearson himself said that they have occasionally pushed a case ahead when they felt it was warranted. Well, why isn't my case warranted? Uncle David, I've been ill. Very ill. You know that. And a perjury sentence? That isn't such a dreadful crime. It isn't as if I were an enemy of society or something. Well, what do they want? Don't they believe that I've learned my lesson? Why are they discriminating against me? Oh, it isn't that, my dear. Colonel Pearson didn't advise petitioning the board to review your case at this time because well, he thinks the board would be too strongly prejudiced against you. Prejudiced? Yes, because of your family. The fact that you come from a background of some wealth. Oh, I see. I'm to suffer because my father made a pot of money. Oh, but that can be cleared up. Just tell them Dad disinherited me. You're not sure of that, are you, kid? Yes, I am. He told me so that day in the sanitarium when he came in to see me. Mm. Well, if it's true, don't let that bother you, kid. Oh, it doesn't, darling, but... Well, it just seems so funny that... I shouldn't be able to get a special hearing simply because my father has money. Now, don't look like that, kid. Do try to understand. I do. In other words... I'm to be discriminated against. No, Kit. It won't be so very much longer now. Just wait until you're due to come up for parole and... and how will anything be different by then, different than it is now? Well... Now, you see, you can't answer. Yes, I can. Kit, when someone's case comes up before the board, the various officials here are interviewed as to the prisoner's eligibility and, well, what they no, say I has... see. There's no one who has a good word to say about me. Is that it? Colonel Pearson didn't say that. As you told me yourself, you, you've obeyed all the rules, you've done your work, but there seems to be some complaint about your attitude. There's one matron in particular who... Mrs. Jerome. Oh, the warden didn't mention her name. Well, I know that's who it is. I also know the woman hasn't, has exaggerated about my so-called attitude. She's taken a dislike to me. She has it in for me. Well, Kit, perhaps if you were oh, to... Oh, never mind, darling. I know you did the best you could. It's not your fault I'm such a problem. You aren't going to be. Oh, I know how disappointed you are, but there's no reason to be discouraged. Rather than risk being turned down now, it's much safer for you to wait until you automatically come up for parole, and by that time... By that time what? Kit, you will do everything you can. I know it's difficult. The officials here are like people everywhere, both good and bad. I know you can do it, Kit. And this time in between, you can prove to them that you should be released. Now, you won't let this set you back, will you, Kit? You will do everything you can. Yes, darling. I'll do everything I can. And a little later, when their time was up, David Bowman left his niece, confident that she had resolved to be patient, that she had accepted the fact that she'd have to wait for several months. But that night back in her room. Well, lovey, you saw your uncle, didn't you? Yes. Hmm. I don't think I have to guess the rest. All right, Mickey, I was wrong. It seems that Colonel Pearson vetoed my uncle's idea of petitioning the board for a special he hearing. 
He gave my Uncle David some song and dance which my uncle accepted as gospel. He probably could have argued with the colonel, but... Oh, well, there's no point in talking about that. I can hardly afford to criticize Uncle David. It seems I'm to wait until I automatically come up for parole. Do you know how much longer that is? No, lovey. You haven't talked much, so... That's in six months. It seems ill-advised to request a special hearing now because there aren't enough people around this place to sing my praises. But I'm not going to wait six more months. It's senseless. There must be some way to get out of this place. I know it's been done. There must be some angle. That's right. But you know all the angles, don't you? No, I don't. Oh? You admit it? Yes. Look, Mickey, you've been here before. You you must know how these things are worked. I've heard tell. If you were in my place... I was handing out some free advice yesterday when they moved me in here. You didn't seem to go for it then. Don't worry, I've changed. I'll go for it now. And I've changed, lovey. The advice isn't free anymore. All right, I know you're broke. I'll pay you. Good enough. You pay me, Kit, and I'll figure out a way to get you out of here. Kit Calvert nodded in agreement, but she wondered if Mickey Gray would find a solution. And furthermore, she wondered if she could trust this strange young woman. <laughs> 